from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the game is used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast Welcome everybody to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast I'm your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined, as always, here with G-Rock. Before we start the show, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and make sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, hit us up on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night for the number, not F-O-R. Welcome back, Wednesday Night Warriors. Thanks for hanging with us on Fridays now. Let's jump right into NXT. NXT was a great show this week, and it's good to see an NXT show after, what, like three weeks of just Yeah, it felt, it felt way too long. <laughs> A uh, holiday show that was like really like non-canon, if you want to say. Yeah. So it was finally we got an actual live show. Yeah. Uh, I was excited about it. They started to announce the Dusty Classic, so we're getting into that. Uh, Which is always exciting every year. We got to see Rhea Ripley. She started off the show. We haven't seen her since she won the title like three weeks ago, so that was nice to see. It kind of felt weird because like we're acting like she just won the title last week when it was actually like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because I literally put up on the uh, the Instagram page... Uh, who is going to be the biggest threat to Rhea Ripley? And that's literally how we had NXT kick off. So I thought that was awesome. You had uh, Tony Storm come out, and you see a lot of the UK women as well. Uh, so I thought it was it was pretty cool, kind of seeing the players in the game. I liked that they showed that there was a target on her back, and I liked the surprise of Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray coming out. What I didn't like is they went to typical Raw and SmackDown formula of one by one people come out with their theme song, acting like. They're not just right behind the curtain in gorilla position, just yeah. waiting to get out. And it kind of felt like something that, well, that's something that we do complain about when we watch Raw and SmackDown. It's kind of like weird to see, all right, one guy's going to come out, say a little something, then the next person's theme song hits, says they say a little something, and then keeps going and going and going. Yeah, yeah. They I, did that on NXT. I didn't like that. I, but I did, like I said, I did like that everybody was saying, hey, we want that belt. Yeah, I do like, I, I, I did like the visual of everybody being inside the ring, and then there's kind of a big brawl broke out, and then I, I appreciated the three-on-three women's match 
being called from the referee from the back. It was in the back. The referee comes out and as per William Regal. Yeah, we didn't have William Regal on camera. We didn't have him come out with his song. We just had an announcement from the back and that was really cool. Yeah, it, seemed, it was realistic. It, exactly. It seemed more legit to me than, I, you know, I've complained in the past of a guy coming out and then, you know, he gets attacked and then all of a sudden the match has changed to the attacker and it's like, oh, who, you know, yeah. signed off on this match. So at least they kept it real with that. And as for what you were saying, the one by one thing, I totally agree. It's kind of hokey. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. Because if you want to be realistic, like last week we were talking about being reality based. Let's be realistic. The sound guy has everyone's music queued up and it's supposed to be a surprise that this person's coming out to state their claim. But for an impromptu match, it was a pretty good match. The highlight for me was Io Shirai and Bianca Belair getting into a little like argument with themselves because I think if that leads to a feud between them two, it's going to be really good. I think we mentioned on our free talk about NXT that Io Shirai and Bianca Belair are our two women of yeah. the year. Yeah, I thought that was So really I think similar. that was cool how they're going to be probably going into a feud with each other. I just wonder who takes the face role, who takes the heel role. It kind of, I kind of think that Io Shirai is going to be leaning towards a baby face. Probably in that yeah. in that mix up, it did seem like Eo might be, but I, I don't know, and and I don't necessarily think that yeah, there, it doesn't need to be, but yeah, there doesn't even need to be. So I just want to see you know those two you know feud and and you know put on good performances because I think they're they're both on the rise, obviously. Uh, one thing I will say about this show was it was much different. This was a different NXT, so I wanted to applaud them on that. The format was a little bit different. They definitely added much more uh, vignettes. They added more promo time. Yeah, in-ring promo time. Yeah, in-ring promo time. Yeah, I want to get into the Gargano promo because we were just talking about how NXT... Well, AEW has in-ring promos and NXT has vignettes and backstage videos. Yeah. I think that was a nice change of pace of having an in-ring promo. And it came from a guy who is not the best talker. Johnny Gargano is not known for his promos. He's known for his in-ring action. So he cut a fiery promo against Finn Balor and everything he said was believable. He said it with conviction and he made me believe. Well, he's, he's Johnny promo. He's well, Johnny promo. Apparently now <laughs> I, I really did like the change of pace also because you have Balor come out yeah. and Balor's the heel. And it's nice to see that the heel isn't scared of the baby face. Usually we see the typical, Oh, you're going to have to earn a shot to fight me or uh, no, I'll fight you on my time. No, Balor was straight up like, hey, if you can make it to take over, yeah, you'll face me. Which is cool because it shows that Balor is not the typical heel. He is that tough heel who is not scared of anything. Well, ba- Balor is is still himself just a heel. And that's what's cool yeah. about it, you know? So it's not like somebody's writing him what he has to do. Yeah, that's, I, one, I feel that's like. something that I hate. Like, for example, let's, let's go all the way back to 2001, right? Stone Cold Steve Austin was known as, like, the guy who just destroyed everybody. He was the rattlesnake. All of a sudden, he turns heel, and he's running scared. And it's like, he's playing, like, the chicken. And I don't like that. Like, if you're a character that it's like, you know, like, you're this tough guy, the only thing that changes is your attitude. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're scared of everything? Like, I don't know. I like that they kept Balor, Balor. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, still on the whole promo and vignette thing. Uh, I just wanted to point out, they gave everybody in the the Fatal Four a segment uh, to build up the match. So they gave Keith Lee, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, and then they gave Dijakovic as well. Dijakovic yeah. was definitely the weakest, I think. Yeah, he just screams like he needs somebody with him. Like he needs a guy to talk for him. He just came off like 
nervous and yeah. hokey. He didn't know what to do with his arms, so he and, kept doing this like the uh, the the uh, yeah the uh, <laughs> elbow strikes. But let me let me also put this out there: if you have a catchphrase, you can't just say like it's just a regular sentence. He said, "I'm gonna make everyone feast their eyes." No, yeah. come on, that's your catchphrase. I'm going to make everyone feast their eyes or something like. Look at look at Keith Lee. He doesn't say, "Oh, and after the match, you're going to bask in my glory." No, he's like, "You're going to bask in my glory." Or I'm limitless. Like, he, he puts the emphasis on the catchphrases. Well, it's like he believes what he's saying. Exactly. Where Dijakovic just seemed like, oh, I got to get that in because that's what I say. So this promo got to have that somewhere in it. So I'm just going to say it. So I didn't like that so much. He I, definitely needs work. This, but this is exactly what, what we were talking about in the past. And, and what I brought up is that not everybody is cut out for the mic in their hands. You know what I mean? And, and I think he's one of them. Uh, personally, I mean, even in ROH... You know, he didn't have to speak. He had, um... Uh, I think it was, what, Nana? No, 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 no. It was, uh, this guy. Uh, what was his name? With the... With the oh! Hat. Uh, uh, Prince... Not Prince. Uh, Truth Martini. Truth Martini. Thank you. Yeah, and Truth Martini is a phenomenal. Man, whatever happens to him. So, I, I don't know. I, I, but my point is that he had somebody to talk for him, and now he's in NXT, and I'm I just saw it now, like, again, like... He's not quite there yet either. You know, with Keith Lee, I've I made some comments, but he's getting better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with Dijakovic, he's not. And I don't want to just pick maybe on him. Maybe they hire Keith, um, Keith Lee. Maybe they hire Truth Martini. They bring a little hoopla to NXT. You know what? This is not an ROH uh, podcast, but I will say, though, is that guy was amazing. Anymore, that guy yeah. was amazing. So, yeah. people like that, like, there's there's a spot for that. Yeah, you know what they, I mean? They have managers they just hired um the former i don't know if he still goes by stokely but stokely hathaway who was also in ring of honor he was also in evolve as a uh manager he was also in mlw as a manager he's a known manager they hired him to be a manager that's somebody who i could see you know talking for somebody he yeah, has a good I, yeah because i don't know with dijakovic like i just feel like he has you know he has good size he has good athletic ability he's a good wrestler it's just he just doesn't. He's There's just something really bland. Missing. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's really bland and it's really kind of lame. You, I feel like you can have all the cool moves in the world if your personality's not cool. You're not cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and I don't want to just pick on him because, like I said, is that I know there's other. people I'm a big Dijakovic well. fan. I like him. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I do like him, and I enjoy his matches. But it's another thing to put on good matches and then to be able to sell those matches. You know, with promo skills. And, yeah, like you said, like Keith Lee. I really want to say like he's getting a lot better with the promos. His promo, I think, oh, without was, a doubt. The best one out of I, all four. I yeah. like I like Priest's promo, but I don't know. It just came off a little generic. Yeah, like, yeah, it was a little generic. But I just wanted to point out that Keith Lee is so fucking confident in his promos because like, he's singing now. Yeah. Look at last week on the on the the Christmas show when he yeah. accepted the award. He was singing, which he has a beautiful voice, by the way. But going out you, there on a limb, G. You're, you're starting. He looks. He sounds like he was like a a choir singer. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He sounds like one of those yeah. choir guys. Anyway. uh... I just like to see that, you know. He's putting himself out there. He's confident. He's growing, and he's getting better. You know what I like to see? I like to see Austin Theory. I was really surprised that he was on this show. I wasn't sure who was getting that awesome uh, intro because yeah, yeah. it looked like he was an angel, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Austin Theory, which was a nice surprise. And his match with uh, Joaquin Wild, I'm just gonna call him DJ Z. Sorry, guys, it's a lot easier. <laughs> Was really good. It was a nice showcase. I like that they're going to go somewhere with this guy. Yeah, this kid, he just has, like, so much for him. Like, he has the look. He has the, the strength. He's got the size. He's, he's young. He moves super well. He, I, I even mentioned if Vince McMahon was to make a wrestler out of his image, it's going to be Austin Theory. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You mean image like in what he likes? In what he likes, like okay. He, he, I was saying, I didn't, oh no, no, not his image, not yeah. not not the genetic jackhammer. Yeah, you made you made you made uh, Vince sound like he was Jesus Christ for his. I segment. don't think that Austin Theory has grapefruits, <laughs> but I would say that he does have what Vince likes. He has the body, he has the height. He's a little taller than everyone else. Yeah, he has the athletic ability. He has the face, like you know. Yeah, it's no secret Vince likes his good-looking men. Yeah, so yeah. No, I just think I think he definitely can go somewhere. I think this kid by the end of the year is going to be in a prominent role. Now, I'm not saying that he'll be up there for title contention, but he might be, you know, in the North American title contention. I'm just saying is that the sky's the limit for him. I, I think there's there's a lot for for Austin Theory. I think a lot going for him. Yeah, I think so too. I just want to go back to Don, Donovan or Dominic Dajakovic. I'm still getting it wrong. Yeah, I know. But. We were just talking about um, managers. One thing that we've seen on the show is Chelsea Green make her NXT debut, and she has a manager, oh, that's Robert right. Stone, yeah, yeah. who the former uh, Robbie E Robbie, from Impact. Yeah. It would be interesting. Maybe he pairs up with him because, you know, Robert is going to be a mouthpiece. I, I don't think he's going to be wrestling. It looks like he's uh, yeah. Chelsea's manager. Yeah. You know what? If this guy's going to build a family or like a Heenan family type faction, like, you know what? have somebody talk for him that would be a perfect guy and he's he's your big guy most factions have that, that big, big muscle guy. Yeah, exactly. and Dajakovic someone who can't talk could fit in that role perfectly yeah because I li- I really like Dajakovic don't get me wrong I really like him it's just it's just bland his character and his talking it's yeah. just hey you are what you are and you are you are what you aren't so I just feel like you know he's a great wrestler he just doesn't do well with promos or creativity yeah I didn't mean to divert back to that but I just wanted to like bring up that we did see a manager make his debut on this. Also, we've seen another guy who's going to be making their debut in NXT. We got the announcement that Alex Shelley is going to be there next week, and he's going to be Kushida's mystery partner. Those who don't know, the Time Splitters was an amazing tag team in New Japan, former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. They meshed really well, and I think it was a big surprise because here's a guy who's been, he definitely paid his dues, a guy who's been around forever, but never had that spotlight on him. He's going to be in NXT. I don't know if it's full-time, 
I don't know if it's an appearance, but let's remember, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano was a Dusty Rhodes classic appearance. They needed yeah. an extra team to fill that slot. They got two guys from the Indies. They did so well that it was undeniable. They had to offer them contracts. Who's to say Alex Shelley doesn't have a great performance where Triple H comes to him afterwards and be like, hey, we want you full-time? Yeah, I got to believe, as of right now, he's he's not signed. Uh, it's probably just for the duration. But like yeah. you said, you know, it's an opportunity nonetheless. Every time these guys have a match or, or females as well, these women have a match, it's always an opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I just want to really stress that there's been guys in the past who were for a per-appearance deal and did so well that they got offered a contract. Cedric Alexander was another guy who got offered a contract. He was a per-appearance deal. And then also, let's not forget, Kushida's not in the most like prominent role right now. It wouldn't hurt Kushida to put him back in a tag team where he's with somebody he's familiar with, and you can have matches that like tear it up. Because right now, like let's be honest, Kushida's not main eventing NXT anytime no, soon. No, no, no. And that's not not taking anything away from him. He's a great wrestler, but it is what it is. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think he might be best utilized in a tag team. Uh and him and Shelly were great, so I, I'm excited. I was always, you know, Alex Shelly fan. I was shocked that I didn't, I, I like, when they, they put it up as a mystery partner, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of Alex Shelly. Yeah, I mean, I did just for the fact that I knew, all right, there's a connection there. Like, who yeah. else would it be, former tag team partner with him? But the only thing that was stopping me was, you know, I thought he was still signed to Ring of Honor. He just appeared at ROH against Cole Cabana at Final Battle. That was just in December. So I wasn't sure about the contractual uh, status of yeah. Alex Shelley. So yeah. it was a real shocking surprise. I did mark out a little bit. But speaking of the Dusty Classic, let's get into some of the matches. We had the Forgotten Sons versus the uh, Imperium. And Imperium had a pretty good match against them. Yeah, And I... I really think that the Forgotten Sons really have been improving. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely improvement for the Forgotten Sons and uh, and Eichner and and, and Barthel that put on a, a good performance. I thought that was a really solid match. Yeah, Imperium uh, they they advance. The only reason why I kind of hesitated there when I was saying who the Forgotten Sons wrestled was because I was about to say Gallus. Gallus was also on the show. Yeah, the, uh, NXT UK Tag Team Champions fought the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Era. Fish and O'Reilly, which was another really good match. So because of Gallus is in the UK, I didn't know much about them. I I was very impressed with this match. I love their their tag team moves. They have yeah. some uh, different uh, and innovative tag team moves that I've never seen before. Yeah, I, I was sort of familiar with Wolfgang from the UK title tournament that they had two years ago. Not too familiar with Mark Coffey. I know his brother Joe Coffey Joe really Coffee, yeah. well. He's amazing. He's going to be main eventing TakeOver this weekend. But yeah, a really good match. Yeah, so I mean, I always like to see new talent. You know, I like to become fans of of, of new teams and wrestlers. So I like this whole cross crossing of the uh, NXT uh, Europe and and uh, regular NXT. NXT. Yeah. I don't know if it goes uh, further past the Worlds Collide event, but as for right now, kind of like when Raw and SmackDown was showing up on NXT, it's nice to see that interpromotional battles. So with that being said, so far in the Dusty Classic, we have Undisputed Error and Imperium advancing which is interesting because it's going to be Undisputed Era versus Imperium at Worlds Collide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the Matt Riddle promo. And oh. he just said, <laughs> I am sold now on the Bruiserweights. Or the Broserweights. The Broserweights. The Broserweights, excuse me. Uh, I love that promo. And I thought that was so great uh, of explaining <laughs> how they came. Because when, when they were listed, it was like, 
okay, that's a bit of a clash, you know, Riddle and and Dunn. Yeah. But after he he he, he had that promo and and he explains it like in true Matt Riddle style, I fucking loved it. I loved it. And if he got more promo time and did something of these like of that nature, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad. Definitely, it was true to his character. Yeah, exactly. I love that promo and I love this episode of NXT. I I totally agree. I thought it was a, I thought it was a well rounded episode and it seems like they're getting out of their format of just match, 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 match. And it's funny because we literally were just talking about it on NXT Free Talk of when they were going to push out of this format that they've gotten so comfortable with. And I think they did, well, they started to. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to see them come out a little bit of their their comfort zone. All right, so let's get into AEW. This episode started out with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus The Private Party, which was a really good match. We started to see more dissension between Omega and Hangman, but... As much as I think that the right team went over due to their abilities, I don't know if it really adds to the story so much having Omega and Hangman beat Private Party. Yeah, I, I mean, when I was watching, I thought this would be the perfect time to have Private Party go over. You still have the uh, implosion of of Hangman and Omega. And so that would kind of give an excuse as to... Yeah, as I was say, you have an excuse for the upset because it's not like you're saying, oh, Private Party is the better team, they're better than the Kenny Omega, but you do have an excuse. Hey, Omega and Page are not on the same page, no yeah. pun intended, but <laughs> yeah. you know what? The Private Party is, and that's why they won. So, with this episode, I'm noticing that AEW likes to do a really slow build. Which is cool because that's one thing that I used to love about wrestling and something that wrestling really went away from. Everything is three weeks is the pay-per-view. That's when we get the blow-off. AEW is doing the slow build. Sometimes, though, the problem is it's too slow. Too slow, and that's what I was going to get at, is I know we live in a world where it's fast-paced. I need to know now. You know, I can't wait three seconds for it to load. I get it. But at the same time is we can't go too far in that spectrum yeah. and really drag everything out because... Unless this... it works, because there's been storylines in the past where it goes all year and they don't touch until the main. But there's some storylines that... that don't deserve that long of a build. That's fine, yeah. And 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 like I said, if if well, like you said, more like it is that if it's done well, you could keep going. You know yeah. what I mean? You could string me along for a full year if done well every single time. And for me personally, eh, I think sometimes they do, and then sometimes it's eh. like I tell you this right now. I wasn't I wasn't too pleased with. Cody not giving an answer to MJF. It's like, come on. Yeah. Do we have to drag that out? And then on top of that, I'm going to talk more about the Moxley and Jericho promo later. But to like add to your point, I really think that the Moxley joining the inner circle really could have had a real slow build if they would have had it gone a couple weeks and not a couple seconds. And that's what we were talking about on the free talk. Like This really could have been something that they drag out and makes sense. And it's interesting you don't have to drag out everything, but when you have the opportunity to drag it out, it not drag it out, but have it like play throughout time, it kind of seems like those are the stories that they want fast. They want it Jericho and Cody to be fast, and let's just build to the pay-per-view when that was another story that they could have played off in time. Yeah. So Or MJF and Cody, they could have played that out in time. Those are interesting storylines that could be played out. It's just that the storylines that they are playing out are not, I guess, too worthy of being like yeah. stretched. You know what? Like I, I just want to first. I want to throw this out there. I want to throw out that I really love this show. I thought this was a really good show. I did too. From from start to finish, I I enjoyed it. But I will say this is that it does seem like they have one person writing the show, and it seems like as soon as that one person has a good idea, they run it across the board. So 
We have a bunch of factions trying to recruit people. We have people looking for answers and challenges, and we're dragging them out. It just seems like it's the same things, just being repackaged in different stories. I, I disagree with you. I honestly think that it's everybody writing the show, and they all come together without even realizing that some of the people are writing certain things for their aspect of the show that is very similar to other aspects of the show. And that's why I think that we have the same things playing out. Because we are like aware that Kenny and Brandy run the women's division. Cody runs the heavyweight division. The Bucks run the tag team division. And that's why it's like you got four different mentalities of wrestling all coming together. That's what AEW is about. You got the old school, the new school, the hybrids, the uh, traditional. But the thing is, I wonder if anybody's saying, hey, Bucks, don't have a storyline where you're doing this because I'm doing this with my guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't care who's writing what, how many people. My point is that there is, again, it seems like a disconnect. And it doesn't seem like they're coming together. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And putting the shows together. Yeah, my point It exactly. seems like, yeah, like you, almost like you said, like, segment for second, okay, we're running with this, but I didn't know that in the next segment, you know, it's going to be almost the same thing. So whatever it is, it just doesn't seem like there's cohesiveness. Yeah, like you have like the Nightmare Collective trying to recruit people. So and then Dark you Order. Had, exactly. And now then you also had the uh the Inner Circle trying to recruit uh John Moxley. Yeah, and it doesn't so, it doesn't and, and sound if you, good. If you look at that, like this is what we've been told. Like I said, you have the Bucks running the tag team division, so they're writing the storylines for the Dark Order. You have Kenny and Brandy writing the storylines for the women. It doesn't look like there's too much collaboration until the show is out. Because if that was the point, if that was the case, you're not going to see the same I guess, build-ups to the stories that we're seeing in the different divisions. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I think if they were more cohesive and as moved as a unit and kind of put all their ideas out there and kind of made it known, I, and I don't know, and here's the thing, is that maybe they are, and they're just still choosing to do it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not saying that, oh, because they, they see that, oh, we have the same storylines going for this one and this one and this one, that they're going to choose not to do it. 
They might know it and still say, oh, well, we still want to run with it. We like this. Yeah. I don't know. I just I just don't like seeing the same things being put out there. And it doesn't look good when you have JR calling it out and even he's unhappy and, and you know, he's pointing out like, oh, we have a, another faction trying to recruit. There's a lot of recruiting going on in this company. You know, it's like it doesn't sound good when your own guy is calling it out. Yeah, speaking of calling things out, I think it was really funny that Excalibur was asking if Diamond Dallas Page was buying airtime <laughs> to promote his DDD, DDPY program. But it be that as it may, he might have bought airtime to promote it or not. Diamond Dallas being on the show is always a nice surprise. Yeah. I, I'm a big Diamond Dallas fan. I loved him since WCW. I've even tried DDP Yoga, big fan of it. And I think it's really interesting to see that he's getting back into the mix and wants to wrestle and we'll have a match next week. Yeah, I'd say this right now. I was shocked. I, I didn't I didn't think we were gonna get one more match out of him. I thought, you know, he put that all behind and whatnot. I didn't think that there was any willingness there. But to find out that there is and it's happening, like, I think that's awesome. I'm I'm excited and it's not in a situation where he's got to carry a match. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't expect to see him in a singles match. No, no. But, yeah, you know what? It's him, Dustin, and QT Marshall versus The Butcher and The Blade and MJF. That's going to be a good match. Yeah, I'm I'm totally cool with that. I, I'm excited for that. You turned, like, a, a, a ordinary match into an extraordinary match, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm also interested in seeing uh, QT Marshall because his last showing was really well. I want to see if he could keep it up. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it, you definitely, you have almost a side of, of these... Uh, these veterans that are trying to recreate themselves. Yeah, and now also you have Dustin in that match who's representing, I guess, the Rhodes family. Yeah. But let's talk about the Rhodes family. Dustin and Cody versus the Lucha Bros. That match, when it was announced, I said, wow, that's different. They never had a match against each other. It's two very different styles. And when they met in the ring, it was a, it was a hell of a match. I was a big fan of that match. I was a big fan of that match as well. And I want to point out that it flowed very, very well. Yeah. I mentioned to you off the podcast that the Lucha Bros versus uh, the Young Bucks in the previous uh, week, the homecoming, right? When yeah. it was it was the Elite versus Lucha Bros and Pac, right? I pointed it out that there was so many fucking spots for the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks that there was miscommunication for the regular match. It's like they're trying to focus on their spots. They're trying to remember what's next. Yes, exactly. There was a moment where... I don't know if it was Pentagon or Phoenix. I, I, I think I, it was no, Pentagon. It was, no, no. It was Phoenix and Nick when they like body they, Yeah, they, they collided yeah. with each other. And it just looked there bad. There was miscommunication there. It, it, it looked bad. It didn't look like it was a part of the match. And every other time, they've had amazing matches with each other. Amazing matches. But I just feel like... When you're putting so many spots and you're looking to get those pops from the crowd and you got to add 10 spots in a match, it doesn't come out so well. Yeah. But this match seemed more organic and it came out very well. Very well. Yeah, it definitely did. It was a really good match. Now, we talked about the Dusty Classic. We talked about Dustin Rhodes. We talked about Cody Rhodes. There's one more Rhodes mm. we got to talk about this week and it's Brandy yes. Rhodes. And I'm going to say this right now. During the Chris Statlander and Rio match, Brandy Rose was gold on commentary. But when the whole Nightmare Collective interfered, I think that's when the match took a downturn. All right, we got the the debut of Dr. Luther, who is a former deathmatch wrestler in Japan. That's cool. That's fine and dandy. This is where things get confusing. So they attacked Rio initially. You had Mel and um, Awesome Awesome Kong Kong attack Rio. Yeah. But then they helped Rio win. Yeah, it was super confusing. I didn't know what was going on. 
It wasn't like they decided to just beat both down and ruin the match. They helped Rio win. Yeah, I it would have been different if they said, "Hey, we're hijacking this match, and there's yeah. no winner because we just beat them both down." Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I I feel like the crowd that was there was also confused. Yeah, just as much as the people on on television, like I, that watching it on television. Like for the crowd, I can understand the confusion with Doctor Luther because. They don't know who this is. Yeah, shouts to Excalibur for actually explaining this time. It's not like he just said, it's Dr. Luther. Oh, who is that? It's Dr. Luther, JR. Yeah, he tried. He he did say, oh, former deathmatch legend in Japan. So he did explain who he is. Oh, he's a very sick man, right? So he explained who he is, which was good. But the live crowd does not have commentary in their ears, so they don't know. So they're like, who's this bald guy? Why is his tongue sticking out? You know what I mean? And why is he with four girls? Yeah, you know, I I feel like this wasn't on. This wasn't on anybody in particular. I think it's whoever came up with this idea to introduce him. Yeah. I think this was the wrong way to introduce him. You had him introduce his face. First off, we see his face for the first time because yeah. we've seen him in the vignettes from the back. From the back, exactly. Obviously, the vignettes. So you you decide to sh- to reveal what he looks like in front of everybody. The only problem is is that hardly anybody knows who this guy is. That's a fucking problem. I don't think anybody thought of that. Yeah, like, I feel like if you're going to do that, it's got to be a major star. You know what I mean? It's got to be somebody that people know and yeah, that that really know. AEW like, is guilty of this from, like, their but, first show. They had the lights go out. They go back on as the Dark Order when everyone was expecting, like, a big debut. Thing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just the same issues we saw from episode one, two, three. It's the same epi- same issues in, in, in week At 14, least he 15. came from the ring and at least the lights didn't go out. Because yeah. they okay. do that a lot. All right, so you know what? We'll look at that as progress. Yeah, I like I like Brandy a lot. I I, think I do. She's extremely intelligent, and I wouldn't she... be opposed to her being on commentary all the time. Well, her more <laughs> often. I mean, she yeah. definitely she definitely can talk, and I think she was amazing. And I thought that was a great thing. So that was a she, positive. She she brought a lot of logic to the commentary table. Why are you wearing a mask, Scalper? Yeah, yeah, I love it. No one cares. Oh. Why isn't she going for the pin? That's stupid. Yeah, like, yeah. You hit your head now. You stupid. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then she said she's not from outer space. She's a female. She's why a are we buying? Like, she's got face we, paint on. Yeah. yeah why are we buying face, into this? Yeah, it, it I, was really funny. I loved it. I loved it. You know, she was playing like that that smart marked kind of role a little yeah. bit, and and like, like I said, she is an intelligent you know woman. So it, it was it, it was cool. You know what I mean? She got to show her personality, and I I definitely enjoyed it. But that whole segment was just, ugh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was man. a little weird. It was definitely I, I'm weird. I'm not so mad at it because we did get Brandy on commentary, which was gold. We did get a debut, which was explained, which is a nice change of pace. What I'm mad at is, like I said, they the inconsistency in the story. They attack Rio to help Rio. I do like that they're building to a... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. 
Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Uh, Britt Baker heel turn. I'm going to be really interested to see where that yeah, takes Yeah, I was character. getting that vibe as well. Because, Definitely seems like that. Yeah, you had... First of all, the whole Nightmare Collective, if you remember, was formed because people were not beating Britt Baker. So Britt Baker fought uh, Jamie Hayter. They attacked Jamie Hayter. Then Britt Baker beat uh, B. Priestley. Then they attacked B. Priestley. If you remember, it was... Oh, I didn't even realize it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. now it looks like they have their attention focused on Chris Statlander and Britt Baker wants no part of helping whoever's going against the Nightmare Collective, it seemed. Or maybe she just had no part of helping Rio. Because we did see the seeds planted for that last week when she was kind of yeah. going at Rio saying, hey, I'm here every week. Where are you? Yeah, that, that's what I got. I, I felt like it was because of the tension that they had the previous week yeah. that she was like, eh. I am interested to see because, all right, yeah, she's getting better in the ring. And we were talking about how the character still needs development. Well, I, ju- I just want to see it more... Uh, I guess you could say it. The one thing I think. I'm, yeah, I guess I'm, so. All right, look, if you're listening, AEW, and we have our suspicions that you are, <laughs> I'm going to plead with you right now. Do not make Britt Baker an evil dentist. Let's not have Isaac Yankums <laughs> in the female form. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would, I would hate if they went down that route. If she's cutting oh. promos, saying like, if she's cutting promos in her office, pulling out kids' molars, laughing like, ha ah, ha ha, like. Isaac Incomes was, I'm turning it off. <laughs> what was that laugh? <laughs> if you watch the old, the Isaac Incomes, like, ha, 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 and then you got the Kings like, pull it, pull it. <laughs> oh God. All right. I don't think they're going to go that hokey or in that direction, but hey, they go pretty hokey and sometimes it works because it worked this week. Orange Cassidy, man, yo, that guy is over you, you know what? like hell. I love it. I love it. And I pointed out that who would have thought? Doing less gets you more results. Yeah. Who would have thought that? Orange Cassidy. Apparently Orange Cassidy, and it works. I love it. The crowd loves it. And I loved how much it bothered Tony Schiavone and, and JR. Yeah. They, they are so old school that they oh can't Oh my goodness. It. They were like, I could just feel them boiling in, in their headsets. It's funny because... They were watching the crowd rise to their feet. For Orange Cassidy. Yeah, when I used to listen to uh, Jim Cornette's podcast, just for pure entertainment purposes, right? He used to say, watching AEW, you sort of feel bad for Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone having to call this crap, he would say, when they brought up guys like Orange Cassidy. And I always thought, JR doesn't care. He's getting paid. But no, this is don't. the first time where I really heard JR like have disdain in his voice. Like, this is stupid. Yep. But you know what? One thing that he can't deny is that, like, Got the biggest pop of the night. Yep. You had a very entertaining act in the Jurassic Express. 
Then you have on the other side a very entertaining overact like Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. Yeah. What one thing from that show got a bigger pop than Orange Cassidy? At the end of the day, it's all about the people paying tickets, not the person sitting in the booth. And that's all due respect to Tony and JR. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know what? As much as, as I I point out the things that they do wrong, I want to point out something that they've done well. And I think they've done really well with Orange Cassidy. They are not overexposing him. They are not... This is his first match on Dynamite. And he's been around since All Out he made his debut. And on top of that, notice it wasn't a singles match. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know what? I really hope people get to see is when he has singles matches he still keeps to the gimmick but there's always a part of the match where he turns it on and that's something that I think is going to shock a lot of people when they finally see this guy in the ring in like a longer match well this is one of those situations where I feel like that slow build Mm -hmm. is working because it's like you're you're adding him in but periodically doses yeah exactly it's small doses so that you know, so like, oh, Orange Cassidy again on my screen? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, no, you know what? They're doing really well with this. Definitely. So I, I think when he does have his singles match, it's going to be big. Yeah. Now, we said in the uh, beginning of this review that we were going to talk more about the Moxley and Inner Circle promo. Yeah, let's That go. was the main I, event I of this that. show. This is, I believe, the first time that a promo ended the show. Yeah, I can't think of another time. Yeah, we got bamboozled. We got hoodwinked. We had the wool pulled <laughs> over our eyes. Yep. I don't think anyone truly believed that Moxley was joining the inner circle. No. And if he was for... How long? Yeah. If he was going to join and it was like, just, hey, I'm going to heal, I'm going to join and never turn on him, that would have been like a real shock. Yeah. But we all knew that this was going to build to a Jericho-Moxley match. I do like the way they did it. He came out with the jacket zipped up. I knew as soon as he came out with the jacket zipped up, he I knew there was something shirt. to be revealed under yeah. it because he hasn't came out with a jacket, jacket. zipped up. Yeah. I do think that it was funny for the couple minutes that he was playing to the inner circle like he was with them. Yeah, yeah. Because he was saying stuff like, oh, if you want to get to the champion, if you want to get to the champion, you have to go through me. me. Yeah. And like he was really playing it up. He was like spraying the champagne yeah. all over. The only thing that I had a gripe with with this was it felt like they were a little too early on time and they really tried to drag it. Play yes. some music. Cut my music. Play some more music. Cut my music. That was yeah. That yells, hey, we still got a couple more minutes. Drag this out. Don't reveal it yet. So that was the only thing. I feel like one thing, and going forward, I think AEW needs to fix the timing because there is a lot of moments I've seen in the past where AEW's timing is a little off, where that main event segment is either getting rushed because there's not enough time or it's getting dragged because there's too much time left. Because how bad would it look if you go off the air and it's like 10, well, 9.56 or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I felt that as well. It felt a little awkward. It's like, all right, like, why are these cameras still being put on them? Are they going to leave together or yeah. is something going to happen? Because like you said, I, you know, I, I didn't buy it from the beginning, but I thought that this was an opportunity for them to drag this out longer like they like doing, mm-hmm. as we're noticing. But like I said, and I compared it to Randy Orton joining the Wyatts and kind of infiltrating from the inside, and I thought that's how you drag this out a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, like I said, I could I could have seen them doing it even better than that because... When Randy Orton joined the Wyatts, it looked like he really joined the Wyatts. Yeah, no, I was convinced. He wasn't, thought... he wasn't like, hinting to turning on them. No, not at and all. And all of a sudden, he turned. Yeah. And then it was all his plan, where I thought it would have been really interesting and funny to see hints. Like, we all know Moxley, like, behind their back, like, he's, like, winking at the crowd or saying, like, doing something, like, dropping little hints, like, 
screw these guys. It's like, you guys know what I'm about to do. You know what I mean? No, that, that kills no, it. No, that would kill it. That would totally no, kill it. No, because everyone knows that he's going to turn. So, no, no, but at that's, least make but it that's, But that's how you do it. No, no, no. That's how you do it. You, I want to sell you that. No, that, that he he's completely invested. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you always know, you because then you're expecting it. Oh, he's going to turn. He's yeah, gonna but turn, I thought, turn. like you no, said, no one expected it, that he was even going to be with them. So, of course, we're expecting it from the moment he joins. We know the money match is Jericho versus Moxley. I'll tell you this right now. It looked like to me, most of that crowd was buying into it. They were booing him. They yeah. didn't like it. So, it seems like everybody thought, like, oh, he's not going to do it. But then when he did, it was like, but you know oh, what? shit, he's doing it. Shouts to AEW. I want to bring something up real quick. When they have a heel turn... Or when they have somebody say, oh, I'm going to wait till next week, they get the desired reaction. Not every company does that. Nowadays in WWE, the heels are cool, the babyfaces are the lame. Here in AEW, if you're a babyface, you get cheered. If you're a heel, you get booed. And if you're a babyface that turns heel, you get booed. Yeah. Not like a babyface that turns heel. like, finally, we wanted him to go heel. I guarantee you, if when they were shoving Roman Reigns in our throats in WWE, if he turned heel, he would have got the biggest pop. Oh, Same yeah. thing with Cena. Oh, yeah. But in AEW, if they would have turned him heel, the crowd is smart. They know, hey, this is a good guy turning bad. We're supposed to boo him. You know? And that's that's a credit to them. That's something that I used to see in, like, ECW where no matter how cool somebody was. For example, Sabu's cool. We all know Sabu's awesome. But when he's against Taz, we know we're supposed to boo him. He's the bad guy. Or, hey, uh, the franchise Shane Douglas was a cool heel. But you know what? When he's going against a babyface, we know we're supposed to boo franchise because he's the heel at the end of the day. It looks better on TV when good guys get cheered and bad guys get booed because that's the dynamic that they're trying to build. Yeah, you know what? That's a real credit to the fans and not even AEW. Like, yeah, I mean, AEW is going to put on their show and how the fans react is how the fans react. Yeah, because, they, come on, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, do you think Moxley gets booed? Hell no, he's not getting booed. But well, he got booed I, when he joined. I, but, that, but that was the thing. I did point out. I, I, I pointed out on the last podcast that way he entered in is not the same way he yeah, exited out. Yeah, but I thoroughly believe that's because that crowd was expecting an answer and they, they're yeah, there but, live and you're told Yeah, next but week. I also felt the fact that they thought that he was thinking about it. It was just like, well, I don't know if I should cheer for you now. Like, because, you know, you may turn on us. Because here's the, I don't know. I, I think That's that, the feeling that I got. As it was, soon as he said... As soon as he said, I know they booed. I know yeah. that they booed as well. But I'm saying, even when they, they ex, when he exited out, you know yeah. the fans, they high fives and and they want to tap him on the back of the jacket. That crowd was just worried about not being able to see the ring. <laughs> Getting off of that, seriously though, I, I I'm being serious here. Like, I really I felt like like they they understood it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, you know it's a little surprising to see today because we don't get it that often. But I'm not as surprised because they it seems do like show that hey we're knowledgeable and. One thing I hate is when a heel turn is ruined because the crowd cheers. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not a heel. That's a baby face. But here's the deal. is that I think NXT and AEW, they understand that they have the smart fans. Yeah. They have the smart fans. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're a smart fan. You like AEW, you like NXT, you're a smart fan. The casual fans, they like it for a spectacle. You understand? So mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown, they can get away with bullshit because most people are going there for a spectacle. It's an event. If you're going to AEW, you're going to NXT, it's because you're a true fan. Mm-hmm. You know, this we, we call them internet fans, but you know what? In reality, they're just real fucking fans. So, real fans are smart fans. They get it. They understand. Real fans also support by tuning into the shows, and AEW had a massive turnout this week. They beat NXT in the ratings, and AEW is inching back up to that 1 million viewer mark. Yeah, this is the second week. Now, last week, I didn't want to really count that because it wasn't a fair yeah. fight. But this one was. 
And again, yeah, they 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 won, and they're getting closer to that one million mark. And I'm I'm happy for them because, like I said, for a little bit they were taking a dip. There yeah. was a couple of shows in a row where it wasn't. I just hope that this show was good enough for the fans to stay next week. But I also want to see the NXT viewership rise as well because NXT had a hell of a show as well. If both audiences are rising and we don't see the same number, like if AEW goes up 100,000, NXT goes down 100,000, it would be nice to see a growth in the fan base. I, I pointed this out. Like I said, it seems like they're playing with a, a 1.7, 1.8 yeah. viewership and that's going to sway either way. And that's the problem is that that's not growing. You know, you do want to see a combined total of 2 million, a 2.2, 2.5. You know, you do want to see the growth overall and there, there really isn't. It's more of we're at our best, we're fighting for a 1.8. But then there's times where if they 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 both might not draw combined only a, a 1.6, 1.4. You know what I mean? So they top out at 1.8. They're not growing. And that's a problem. That's the only problem I could really see for, for both companies. It's like, yeah, we're trying to win. But at the same time, we're trying to grab new fans. And with, with WWE... I think you, you kind of just want to push some of your, your Raw and SmackDown fans and try to get them over to NXT. And I know they tried doing that with the with the Survivor Series and the crossing over. And, you know, they're adding them to WrestleMania. and the But it's just, it's not translating. It's really not translating. You know, you, you're getting twos on, on, on SmackDown and Raw. And those shows suck. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I mean, no, no, no. no, no. It's not. It's, no, not, it's not. getting a lot better, but I'm but just But it's saying, not NXT caliber. Yeah, and I'm just saying is that... You could try to move some of those to also view Wednesday. And I just would like to see more of an effort on the WWE part to push NXT because it is a great product. And at the end of the day, a commercial on Raw does not really push it. I, I think that if, like, not to go too far into this, if Raw talked about the main event, hey, tune in this Wednesday. NXT does that. NXT yeah. talks about what goes on with Raw and SmackDown and the main event and Brock Lesnar and this, that. But you don't say the same fucking respect on Raw and SmackDown talking about. You know, Adam Cole's match. Preach. <laughs> you know, I just want to say, hey, I want to see it even across the board. Even across the board. This is the third brand, so I'm fucking treating it with respect. Put some respect on that name, NXT. And with that, we'll see you guys next <laughs> week. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.